As you walk down the alleyway, you discover a fine silver thread laying on the ground. Picking it up, you see the thread runs the length of the alley. At the end, the thread is attached to a large stone block with ancient runes encircling it, embedded in the wall. This is the side quest. In this Becoming DM side quest, we're talking about playing something different with the game Parsley. Hey everyone, this is John. If this is your first time on the side quest, this is Becoming DM's short form episode to talk about our smaller topics that won't fill up a full episode. It runs opposite of our mainline podcast, and you can find it on the Becoming DM podcast channel wherever you consume podcasts. So let's just go ahead and jump in. Today's side quest is another play something different episode. The goal of this is to expose you to a game that you may not have considered that's different from D&D or Pathfinder. We're not really going to go into any sort of super nitty gritty details on rules. Um, Really, it's just to give you that overview. So today's game is a game called Parsley. Let's get into a little bit about this game. Uh, It was written by Jared A. Sorensen. Picture yourself in the 80s playing a text-based computer game. You get a description on the screen, you type in on the computer what you're going to do, and then the computer tells you what happens or that it doesn't understand you. One way or the other, it's, it's responding to you. Parsley takes this concept and basically makes it into a game that you play with friends, uh, no computer required. So the book itself is made up of 10 different adventures with a range of different themes, from fantasy storylines exploring castles and fighting trolls and dragons, to more modern style uh, settings like cyberpunk style games, uh, modern detectives, things like that. And players are going to work together in this game to successfully complete a quest. Each individual adventure is kind of a standalone game in and of itself. This is one of the reasons I debated a little bit on whether or not to include this as a play something different episode, because it's not truly a role playing game in the the core sense of having character sheets and doing role playing and stuff like that. But it has a lot of similar features, like a game master style person that's running the game players working together to collaboratively solve puzzles, and and generally a lot of fun. As a result, I did ultimately decide to include this because I think it's a great game to play when you're taking a break from your game, either because you as the DM need a break to prevent from burnout, or you're in between um, main storylines and you just need to take take a second to regroup before they start the next one. So a great way to have something to do at the table still while not not having to just miss a session. Let's jump into the mechanics. Before we get into really how the game works, I think it's important to talk about the different kinds of roles in this game. First off, there is the parser. So this is basically the role of the DM. You are going to uh, be describing what the what the players are seeing and then parsing their commands to provide a response. Then the players, uh, you can have as many players as you'd like at the table, but the thing to remi- the thing to keep in mind that's a little bit different than a role-playing game or really a board game is that they will be working together con- to control one player of the game. So it's not like a multiplayer game. It's, it's kind of like in the 80s, if you were playing Zork and you wanted help from your friends and you would all kind of huddle around your computer and 
talk about what to do next and then somebody would type in the commands and you would control that one character. So it is just one character uh, uh, having the players collaborate to kind of talk about what they want to do next. Likewise, there's no character sheet. Um, The players are controlling the in-game character and they can issue commands like inventory to see what they're carrying or things like that. So um, there's not a character sheet that they're going to have to keep track of or anything like that. You as the parser will provide them information based upon what they ask for. How the game works is the parser is going to read the description of the room to the players as written. The players are then going to say what they want to do. I recommend to uh, have some way to note when uh, they're actually issuing a command versus talking amongst each other. Because as you can imagine, there's going to be a lot of discussion to figure out what they want to do. And then ultimately, they'll give you a command. So either having the one person that's issuing the command, I like having anybody do it, but having some way to identify that they're issuing a command versus just talking is, is, uh, is pretty helpful in the game. Once they've given you that command, the parser is then going to provide a response. And the goal here is to provide a response that uh, an 80s computer would. So limited processing power, limited development resources to build this game. So the number of responses built into the game are are going to be limited. The book itself provides you what standard actions uh, that you as the parser can can, uh, respond to. I think what makes this fun for the for the parser perspective is when you have those those situations where they issue a command that isn't recognized, providing like a snarky or charismatic style response that that can kind of get laughs from the from the players. I think this is that's where where it can be a lot of fun. So anyway, the players have have put in their their command. You parse it and provide a response back. If it moves the game forward, then you read the next description and player play just continues on until the character either dies or they complete their quest. And there are plenty of situations where the character will die very quickly. There is no such thing as death saving throws in Parser. If you make the wrong move, you will die. <laughs> My thoughts overall, I've played this game a couple of times with a couple of different groups and it was a blast. The first time was when when I was playing in a game and the DM wasn't prepped for the next next session or we didn't have somebody that was able to show up and but we still wanted to get together and play some games. So I brought this and we played it. We played through one adventure and then everybody was like, oh, let's do another one. And then they played through another one. They thought, oh, let's do another one. It does require a little bit of prep. So I, I do recommend before running something for anybody, read through all of the all of the all of the text that's in there, understand what the options are, understand kind of what the paths are, because what happened in this case is I had prepped for two because I didn't think we would get beyond two, and they wanted to do a third, and I was not prepped for it, but we went ahead and did it, and it, it, it ended, up, ended up being a little bit of a mess. So make sure you do your prep. I would say if you've got players that like puzzles, this actually could be a great break from your standard game, because each story has a beginning and an end, and you have to kind of solve things to get to the end, find certain things, like do little, find objects to give to people, stuff like that. So in itself, it can be a little bit of a puzzle. But beyond that, trying to figure out the commands that you're going to issue is a puzzle in and of itself. Now, I said if you've got players that like puzzles, but I've even found that that players that were were never really into puzzles in my main role-playing game that I've played 
actually are were very into playing this game. It just that that nostalgia piece, the the just different way of interacting, I think just really got that buy-in and so it was a lot of fun for every everybody to play. Even if they haven't ever played a text-based game, I think everybody once you once you got in and and gave them a little bit of a primer very quickly became aware of how to play this game and and yeah there's figuring out commands but it was still still a lot of fun so let's talk about how to get it i i did get this from my local guardian game store here in portland but you can get uh, a a hard copy cover of your own at memento-mori.com for about thirty dollars i'll post a link on this episode page that should be becoming dm.com slash sq3 so that's parser Hope you enjoy trying to play something new. Uh, We'll talk to you very soon. Until then, stay nerdy, friends. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure to share the show with friends to help grow our audience. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash becomingdm. On Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, we are becomingdm. And our website is becomingdm.com. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Danielle Tremblay. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.